Hey, it's Fabian here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. Bible. You get a free item from the. Yeah, but you can get it later though. <laughs> awesome. I have my Bible here, and we are going to go through some things tonight. We're going to cover Romans. Who has a Bible? Dara. I didn't know if you were actually. Give Dara a hand, everybody. I didn't know that you actually had it. Do. Sorry. Sorry, do. Sorry. That's Dara. That's do. They're twins, but they're not. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so we're going to be covering Romans 1. Uh, chapter 1, verse 17 through 32. And we're just basically just going to break this thing down. Um, And as we break this down, Paul is actually drawing a line in the sand. And he's saying some things that are very true. And as I'm reading this tonight, I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to put two and two together and you'll be able to see um, the truth of the reality that we actually live in Today, So he's writing this letter, and he actually wrote this letter to a group of people, this church that had not started just yet. So they were just friends, right? And so he wrote this letter to his friends in preparation for his arrival to start a church. And in this letter, uh, in the beginning portion of this letter, man, he begins to, he starts out with a great greeting of, hey, friends, and yada, 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 and it's very nice and light and great. And then he just all of a sudden flipped the switch and began to talk real stuff. And so we're going to start here in verse 17. It says, the good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven. The good news is that God makes us ready for heaven, makes us right in God's sight. We put our faith and our trust in God to save us. I just want to stop right there because that's something that's very important for you guys to understand, that God, this time that we have on this earth right now, this moment that we live in right now, God is ultimately making us ready for heaven. He's making us ready for heaven. So you can ask yourself right now, like, how are you getting ready for heaven right now? It says this is the good news. God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in his sight when we put our faith and our trust in Christ to save us. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says it, the man who finds life will find it trusting God. The man who finds life will find it through trusting God. But then it says here, this is where things begin to switch a little bit. It says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, evil men who push away the truth from them. I'm going to read that again. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, evil people who push away the truth from them. I want you guys to understand that God's promised, you know, he promised to never destroy the earth. Y'all remember in the Bible where he sent fire and destroyed, you know, some parts of the earth, and then he flooded the entire earth? He made this promise in the Old Testament to never do that again, ever. But then 
we talk about God's anger, and a lot of times people get it twisted and think that God's anger is putting sickness on you or destroying something or causing you to be in pain or whatever the case may be. No, man, this, God's anger is a little bit deeper than that. It says here, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, evil people who push away the truth from there. I want you guys to understand that he shows his anger. He's, he's talking about righteous anger. What is righteous anger? Anybody got any answers to that? Righteous anger. What is righteous anger? Okay, righteous anger is anger against anything that is unholy, anything that is not like God, anything that includes evil, idolatry, uh, impurity, any kind of sin. So anytime, you know how like, I just saw this video on TikTok yesterday of this woman in Walmart getting angry at this other lady. I don't know if she was a Karen or not, but she was getting angry at this lady that was cussing out another person because her daughter was in the cart. And the lady was like, you're cussing and my daughter is sitting in the car, I mean, sitting in this cart. Like, that's very disrespectful of you. So that lady that was telling this woman that was cussing out this other lady that you're being disrespectful, there was some type of righteous anger. What the lady was doing was putting these words out there that her daughter apparently had never heard before, and the daughter may go home and start using these words. There was some type of righteous anger. So God, anger, his righteous anger comes against anything that's evil, anything that is sin, pretty much, all right? And so it says here that God's anger, his righteous anger, is against anything that's evil, people who push away the truth. He shows his righteous anger today by letting people go. It says that God gave them up. It's not that God gave up on them. There's a difference between giving up on someone or giving someone up. Giving someone up is more so like, okay, my hands are washed, I lift my hands, you do you. Giving up on someone is saying, I don't want anything to do with you anymore, bye. And that's not God. It says here multiple times that God gave them up to the evil, to all of the sin. God's anger is always in a response of human betrayal and evil, and it's expressed through handing humans over to whatever they want. That is their consequence. God's anger is expressed by giving humans what they want in the sin that they're living in, what they've chosen. So we see these people out on this earth today that, you know, Man, they are deep in it. Like they are deep, you know, deep in the drugs, deep in the, the being drunk all the time, deep in sin, sleeping with multiple people on a constant. They're in it. And God, you know, they chose that over me. Go for it. So ultimately, God is saying, I lift my hands. I wash my hands of it. He gave them over. That's how he expresses anger. He does not express his anger by putting harm on you, by taking, you know, people away or things away or causing destruction or whatever the case may be. No, he says, and he goes quiet. What's your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a time in, in history 
where there is, he asked if that makes it harder for a reconnection with God. Absolutely. There was a time in history where God went silent for 400 years. He didn't speak. He didn't give instructions. There were no one for 400 years. Between Malachi in the Old Testament and Matthew in the New Testament, 400 years, God went silent. You don't want God to go silent in your life. You don't want God to wash his hands and say, you're choosing that lifestyle over me. All right. That's what you don't want to do. Verse 19, it says, For the truth about God is known to them instinctively. God has put his knowledge in their hearts. Since earliest time, man have seen the earth and the sky and all God had made and have known of his existence and great eternal power. So they will have no excuse when they stand before God at judgment. Number 21, yes, they knew all about him, but they wouldn't admit it or worship him or even thank him for his daily care. And after a while, they began to think of silly ideas of what God was like and what he wanted them to do. So Paul is saying here that rather someone tells you or not that there is a God, literally just look around, just go outside and breathe in air. There is a God that put this whole thing, this universe, into play. I mean, just to think about the simple fact that if the sun was just a pinch closer, we'd be fried. That just didn't happen just by chance. I mean, that's, that's real. I love what Pastor said on Sunday. He said it takes more faith to actually believe in the Big Bang Theory than it is to just believe in God. From the very beginning, we can see God in creation. But pride causes us to not admit it, to not acknowledge God, to not worship him. Pride gets in the way of us. The things that we want, our flesh gets in the way of us to not even acknowledge that he truly is supplying our need every single day. He truly is supplying us with life to live life more abundantly as Jesus said that he came to do. But pride doesn't even acknowledge it. We just wake up every single morning and we don't think about God. We just do what we want to do. We get on Facebook, we get on TikTok, Snapchat, whatever the case may be. We don't even think about God. Pride. So what happens is people do their own thing. You ever hear people say, I'm going to just do my own thing. I'm going to just, you know, do this, like I'm going to just do me kind of thing. That's what we're explaining. That's what Paul is explaining here, that people decide to just do their own thing and try to make God fit their narrative. Come on, open up your eyes. Don't you see what's happening in this world today? Don't you see what's happening in this world where people have a knowledge of God? They, oh, I believe in a higher power. I believe in God. But they're making God fit their narrative. Who are we to put God in a box? Who are we to say, okay, God, this is my life. This is my story. This is my, and you fit into my life. You fit my narrative. I want to live this way, and I'm going to choose to live this way and still go to church every Sunday. Now, you're making God fit your narrative versus you fitting into the narrative of the Word of God and fitting into the narrative of the Bible. So the result was that their foolish minds became dark and confused. It says the result of people pushing away God, pushing away his commands, pushing away, you know, his word. It says that as a result, 
their foolish minds became dark and confused. The Bible says that we perish without truth. The Bible says that we perish without knowledge. The Bible says that people perish when they don't trust God. And when God is not your conviction, your truth, your standard, your mind literally will go dark. And you will live in a life of confusion. Verse 22, it says, Claiming themselves to be wise without God, they became utter fools instead. And then instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they took wood and stone and made idols for themselves, carving them to look like mere birds and animals and snakes and puny men. So God let them go. It says, so God let them go. Remember, as I stated earlier, that God's righteous anger, he will just let you go. He will let you do you. He's not going to try to control you. He's not going to try to make you do something. All he can do is give you the truth, give you the word, and let you decide which way you're going to go. And so it says here, so God let them go. I want you guys to understand tonight that God will let you do you. He will let you go. You want to continue to do the same sin, dive into the same type of atmosphere, do the same exact kind of things on a constant basis now, and you don't take control over now, but you're going to continue to do it? God will just let you go. And before you know it, man, you're so deep in sin, you're so deep into the world, man, you won't even recognize when God is even, when people come around you that are godly. Everybody will be the enemy. You will live in a state of confusion. It's real. It's true. So God, let them go. Paul says here three times as we continue to read, he says here three times that God let them go or God gave them up. Not God gave up on them, but gave them up. I want you guys to understand that God love, his love is for us. But as Josh said a little bit ago, when God raised his hand and you don't have that conviction of the Holy Spirit that's drawing you closer to him, it makes it really hard for you to ever come back to God. makes it really hard for you to ever come back to God because what happens is in the moment of you doing you and God has lifted his hands and he's raised his hand and said, hey, you do you. In the midst of you doing you, you've gotten so confused believing the lies of this world that it, you know, you get so, and things begin to happen in your life where you begin to think, man, God ain't real. If he was real, then he would have let me do this, and he would have saved me from here, and he would have did this. No, you did that. It's not God. So he said here, God gave them up. God, he has no choice but to let you go. When you choose to do something opposite, he has no choice but to let you go. He's not going to, you know try to grab you and try to, you know, do all these things. He tried, 
But once you continue to ignore him or push him away or whatever the case may be, just he's got to let you go. So God gave them up, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. It says God gave them up to using sexual relations in a way that is fornication. So that's fornication is sexual intercourse between people not married to each other. He gave them up to doing it, letting them do it, and adultery. 1 Corinthians 6.18 tells us to flee fornication, run from sexual intercourse between people who are not married. The Bible tells us to do that. He said, you know, God gave them up for using sexual relations in a way that is always wrong. That is homosexual conduct. Men having sexual relationships as they should with a woman in marriage and women having sexual relationships with other women as they should with a male in marriage. What do we call it? Homosexuality, lesbianism. He gave them up to this, this type of sin, evil, sexual desires. He said, okay, you want to do it? Go for it. He also gave them up to a debased and reprobated mind. Do you know what that means? It means low character, hardened hearts, where you just feel no more remorse, particularly to the vile acts that you're doing, the sins. You just do it now with no conviction. So they call these things evil and God defended. This is what's crazy, and we know that this is happening right now in this world. If you literally decide right now to not ignore the truth, people are defending what God said is not right. When we choose to defend what's not like God, Paul is talking, us, talking to us today. There are some of us in this room that's defending things that's not according to the plan of God, the will of God, the purpose. Are you afraid? Because if you're, def- if you're saying that's not right, are you afraid that they're just going to say, man, you, you're a hater? That's hate speech. That's what they're calling the Bible these days, hate speech, because we're telling the truth. And we got to think about this. Be honest with yourself. The only reason why you're in this room today is because a male and a woman got together. But you want to defend a female with the female. A male with them. Why are we defending things that we know is not the will and the plan of God? This is not a, a, a funny situation here. And before you know it, if you continue to defend it and you continue to get into it, what's going to happen is that more and more people, what's happening, guys, I know what's going on. I see, you know, in high school, the girls holding hands together and cuddling together and, the, you know, all these different things. Why play around with that? Do you understand that the seeds that you receive, the enemy will send some water to grow those seeds? And you'll begin to start having feelings because something felt good between you and that person? Why play around with it? What's crazy about this entire thing is that God had this whole thing 
planned out. Paul wrote this whole thing 2,000, over almost 2,000 years ago, and he's literally describing what's happening today. You can't tell me that God is not real or that he isn't trying to get the truth to you. You can't tell me. We've got to get our act right, guys, or else God may lift his hands and say, I, I, I'm done. I can't do anything else because you're choosing something else. I mean, honestly, guys, it's not funny. It's not. It's not cute. Man, I do not want God to say, I'm done with you. You want to keep doing that? Okay, I, I, I can't do anything else for you. I've tried. I never want God to say that. I can't imagine my life without God speaking to me, leading me and guiding me. He's gotten me this far, and I'm blessed. God is so good. I've gone through so many different things, and he's led me through it in such a healthy way. I can't imagine God not talking to me, God not leading me. At some point in your life, you're going to have to get to that place where you feel the need for Jesus, where you feel like when you sense, I need God, I need his voice, I need his direction. And you can start that now. You can start that, that, that desire, allowing God to create that desire, allowing yourself to create the desire for the need of Jesus Christ. Verse 24, so God let them go ahead into every sort of sex sin and do whatever they wanted, yes, vile and sinful things with each other's body. Instead of believing what they knew was the truth about God, they deliberately chose to believe lies. Oh, the lies, the lies, the lies. Like, what are the lies, guys? That any type of sex sin is okay. That's a lie. That's not, real. That's not true. That's not from the word. That's called fornication. Getting high or getting a little buzz is okay, man. You're good. Like, it's all good. No, that's replacing God's influence with man-made influence. God wants to be your supplier of peace and joy and love, real, true love. He wants to be your supplier. But what we do is because we don't trust him, we find ways to supply it for ourselves. So we go get drunk and we, don't, we go smoke a little weed or THC or whatever you want to call it, vape or all the things. We find ways to replace God. Come on, why do we want to replace the truth with the lies? That's not okay. That's not okay. It's not okay to, you know, just play around with each other and then say, no, no homo. Don't play like that. We're seeing it all the time in school, on TikTok, man. Some of the things that are out there that you guys have to open up your eyes. There's an agenda. And these people are being, they have these negative, evil, attached spirits that's leading them to make you believe that it's okay. There's an agenda. The devil has an agenda to destroy God's amazing plan. Are you going to side with it? 
Are you going to come against it? Well, the way to come against it is not to play with it. God has standards. And you may think that his standards are very high, but I'm telling you right now, God's standards, if you apply them to your life, you better believe that you will have a good life. That your needs will be supplied according to his riches and glory. Yes, God has a standard. If God has a standard, don't you think you need to have a standard? Shouldn't you have a standard? Or will you just allow anything and everything around you? Or will you just allow, you know, yourself to go into all these different situations, all these different atmospheres? Like, what's your standard for your life? What standards have you placed in your life that's going to protect you? So they prayed to the things God made, but wouldn't obey the blessed God who made these things. Verse 26, that is why God let them go and let them do all these evil things. So that even the women turned against God's natural plan for them and indulged in sex sin with each other. And the men, this is the Bible we're talking, we're reading out of. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned for lust for each other, men doing shameful things with other men. And as a result, getting paid within their own souls with the penalty they so richly deserved. So it was then, it was that when God gave them up, it would not even acknowledge him. They wouldn't even acknowledge him. God gave them up to doing everything their evil minds could think of. Their lives became evil. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness and sin of greed and hate and envy and murder, fighting, lying, bitterness, gossip. They were backbiters and haters of God. Always thinking of new ways, always thinking of new ways of sinning. And continually, this is, Paul's not only talking to adults here, obviously he's talking to youth. He says, and continually being disobedient to their parents. So this message that Paul is writing 2,000 years ago that we're hearing today is talking to you, youth. 31, they try to misunderstand How do you try to misunderstand? Some of us are guilty of that. They tried to misunderstand, broke their promises, and were heartless without pity. They were fully aware of God's death penalty for these crimes. Man, they said, I don't even care anymore. I don't care. Like, I'm alive today, and I'm going to live my life to the full, doing whatever I want. I don't care what God does to me. I don't care if he destroys me. I don't care if he kills me. I don't care if he put disease, whatever. Like, whatever we can think of, they lost. They just said, I don't care. Fully aware. Every one of you in this room are fully aware of God's penalty for these crimes. Yet they were went right ahead and did them anyway. And they encourage other people to do them too. Wow. And they encourage other people to do them too. If you're not careful, there are other people that will encourage you to do these things too, to just not care. It's so important for you guys to understand the things that you dive into today. I say it all the time. The things that you dive into today 
will affect you in the future. It will affect you tomorrow. If you don't get a handle on it right now, if you don't turn away from it right now, it will affect you in your future because everything you do right now is a foundation for your future. It's just seeds that you're planting or that you're allowing other people to plant in your life. And every negative evil seed that you plant or you allow others to plant in your life, you better believe that Satan is going to send someone right on in there to water that seed, to allow something to grow. So Paul is pretty much saying, hey, open up your eyes. The word is the truth. God has set a standard. He's saying, listen, get it right. Get your act right. Get your heart right. Because the more you decide to dive into this type of stuff, the closer we're getting to being a Sodom and Gomorrah, the closer we're getting to God raising his hands and saying, I'm done. You chose Satan over me. Listen, the same things that we're dealing with today, they dealt with it then too. Obviously, with Sodom and Gomorrah and some other things, if you read through the Bible, some other things that have happened that was just like Sodom and Gomorrah. But because of God's promises, so Paul goes on to say this in Romans 2. Well, you don't have this back here, back there. But he said, well, you may be saying, what terrible people you have been talking about, Paul. But Paul said, wait a minute. You are just as bad. When you say that they are wicked and should be punished, you're talking about yourselves, for you do the very same things. It's crazy. Paul is talking to his friends. He's talking to, he's just setting the, the standard right now before he goes and starts this church. He said, you do the same exact things. Verse 3, he said, do you think God will judge and condemn others for doing them and just overlook you when you do them? And he's saying the same thing to you tonight. Do you think that God would just judge and condemn the world and condemn other Christians that are doing bad things just like you're doing and just overlook you? Absolutely not. But I love what he says here in verse 4. He says, don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Don't you realize how patient God is being with you? without lifting up his hands and saying, okay, I'm done. Can't you see that? Don't take his kindness and his grace and his mercy for granted. Paul says here, he says his kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but no, you won't listen. And so you are saving up terrible punishment for yourself because of your stubbornness and refusing to turn from your sin. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't allow God to go silent in your life. Don't push him out. Don't push him away. Don't do it. It's not worth it. The entire Bible has everything to do with trusting God. And I've said this over and over and over and over and over. Trust God with every aspect of your life, no matter what goes down in your life. Yes, some of us have experienced some really bad things. I have. 
But don't let the bad things that you experience push you away from God. Let those bad things that you've experienced become opportunities of growth that push you closer to God. I did. Literally, God talking to me and the devil talking to me. This is a warning to every last one of us here tonight. This is God's plan. This is the standard that he's setting. The consequences of, of sin is a corrupted nature. It's polluted desires. It's being blinded from the truth. It's condemnation. You know, the devil brings condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction, draws you closer to it.